Exploring the impact of sports. Welcome, Welcome to Rich Take on Sports, the sports podcast with life. Having conversations and hearing personal stories from those who have been impacted, built, and inspired by the role of sports in their lives. Here's your host, Richmond Weaver. This is episode 92. Thanks for being an investor by investing your time to listen. The path while pursuing a dream never seems to be the exact path we envision. And our guest this episode, Debo Samuel, truly understands how paths can change and how decisions made can affect that path. He would pursue a dream of playing football for the University of South Carolina, signing with the Gamecocks in 2014 with former head coach Steve Spurrier. Even with early injuries, he would lead the team in receptions his sophomore year before a broken fibula would derail his junior season as one of the nation's top playmakers where he had only played in three games. He would then delay the pursuit of his dream of playing in the NFL by returning his senior season where he would once again lead the Gamecocks in receptions, receiving yards, and receiving touchdowns while also becoming the only player in school history to recover, throw, catch, and return a touchdown. And that was all before being named AP First Team All-SEC as an all-purpose player, as well as All-SEC Second Team as a wide receiver. And he finishes his career tied for fourth all-time for career receiving touchdowns. I had the privilege of sitting down with Debo shortly after the season ended and the announcement that he would not play in the bowl game versus Virginia as he shared more about that decision and pursuing his NFL dream. And you can watch our conversation on either the Rich Take on Sports YouTube channel or our Facebook page. Here's episode 92 with Debo Samuel. Debo, thank you so much for joining me here on the podcast. I greatly appreciate you letting me steal some of your time. <laughs> thank you for having me. <laughs> yeah, of course. And now you're finishing up your career at South Carolina, and you're the first player in school history to return a touchdown, recover a touchdown, throw a touchdown, and catch a <laughs> touchdown pass. <laughs> when you think about that, knowing your name is in that type of record book, I mean, have you had the time to understand the magnitude of that, and how does that make you feel? Uh, not really. I mean, like uh, Coach Muschamp did a good job of putting me in position to make plays in many ways to help the team. I just go out there and do what he asked me to do, and it's just the love I have for the for the football game. And now, when did that first love of football begin? Actually, when I was little, um, I used to play little, little league football, and my dad was actually the coach. And so, like every time he had, every time I was out there at practice, and every time I had the ball, he was like, "Every time you had the ball, make sure you're trying to get in the end zone." So I just fell in love with football then. So, um, growing up, many people didn't know that I was a football player until I got like to the eleventh, twelfth grade, and they started seeing me in the newspaper. I was really, really good at basketball. Oh, so basketball was your first love? It was. It was. So what happened? How did you transition to football then? Uh, actually, um, when I got a new coach in high school, his name Mark Hodge, he came, he came to Chapman when I was going to 11th grade, and he, he put me in positions to make plays, and it just started happening. Everything <laughs> just started flowing. So, I mean, my brother really was really the guy I looked up to and was the guy that was always there for me before sports-wise. Uh, he was pretty good in basketball and football as well. And how much older was he? Uh, my brother's 26. I'm 22, so he's four years four older. Four years. Okay. <laughs> now, was it? 
competitive with you guys? Uh, I remember. Uh, this is a funny story. So my cousin was actually uh, the fullback when I played Little League football, and so he was kind of bigger, so the pads kind of fitted my brother, and I had my own set of pads. And we used to go in the backyard, and he used to rough me up. <laughs> he, he was the guy that just That's like— brotherly love. Yeah. <laughs> we used to go in the backyard and just hit each other all the time. <laughs> well, that's how you got your toughness then. Yes, sir. I mean, you were able to obviously— be able to play football at a at a high level at University of South Carolina. So when did you first fall in love with the garnet and black? I mean, um, I always been a South Carolina guy. It's where I grew up. I always wanted to be go to, go to school at South Carolina. And um, but a funny story: my stepmom actually was a was a Clemson fan because her nephew actually played offensive lineman for him. He went to play for San Francisco. And so when I committed to South Carolina, all that changed. <laughs> <laughs> the orange was shifted it out was of the gone. house. Right? All it was gone. <laughs> now, as a Clemson grad now over here, I, I can tell you that. I, I'm very glad that you're moving on. <laughs> I promise you. And I know there's a lot of other Clemson fans that are glad that you're moving on. So when did it, though, become, I guess, a a dream or reality uh, or realistic dream that you could actually play college football and play for University of South Carolina? So if you watch Today's Isn't Promise, uh, my, my story that I shared with, with everybody, um, when I was growing up, I always told my mom and dad I wanted to play football on TV. So actually, when I was little, like my uncle and my dad and my stepmom, they was like, you're going to be pretty good. You're going to be something <laughs> special. And like, I mean, we still talk about it to this day. And it just it just came true. Yeah. And so who were some of the players that you looked up to that you wanted to be like? Uh, when I was little, well, everybody was a Reggie Bush guy. Uh, if you watch how like he was probably one of the best college football players I've seen. But um, now I look up to like Julio Jones and guys like that. He's my favorite receiver. And from that standpoint, then did you have a favorite professional team? Uh, I never had a professional team. I just watched everybody play. Yeah. Now, what about your favorite basketball player, though? Oh, LeBron James, hands down. LeBron James? <laughs> Come on. What about Michael Jordan? <laughs> I mean, I'm a Jordan guy. I got, I got I wear all his shoes, but I'm a LeBron fan, man. So you think LeBron is better than Michael Jordan? Uh, I wouldn't say he that yet. He just got to win a couple more championships. Then we'll put him <laughs> in that case. I'm a Michael Jordan guy, so and I'm a basketball guy, too. So you and I have that in common. Now, did you ever think about trying to play basketball, though, in college? So, um, actually, uh, there was a couple of small schools that was reaching out to me, asking me to play basketball. And the, the offers that I was getting for basketball and the offers I was getting football, it, the football offers was way bigger. So I started focusing more on football and kind of, like, took that serious. So when I was <laughs> – so the funny story, again, um, I was in the ninth grade, ninth and tenth grade. So um, Chapman was making the playoffs, and I just quit football and go go play basketball because the <laughs> basketball season was starting. <laughs> wait a second. So you're playing football, but you said, wait a second. Yeah, when the basketball, when basketball is- season – it came around. Uh, I, I was like, Coach, huh? you know I'm a basketball guy. I'm going to play ball in the gym get ready for the season. Now, what the coaching staff say to that? I mean, they can't really say nothing. <laughs> they so, need you uh, out there on the football field. Yeah, so my senior year um, at Chapman High School, we um, we lost the Upper State by a field goal to Daniel. And we had a game. We played Friday, and we played Dorman High School that Monday. So really all, really all the basketball players was on the football team. So... We didn't have a break, so we jumped from right to fr- after Friday night. We went in the gym Saturday, Sunday, get a, get a little couple shots up. We ended up playing dormant that Monday, which is so crazy. That fast? That fast. And did you guys win? No, nah, we actually lost. We ended up losing in the third-round playoffs that year in basketball. Okay. 
Well, you had a good team, though. <laughs> <laughs> they needed you out on the football field. Yes, sir. And so did South Carolina. They they wanted you. And what was that like, though, when Steve Spurrier is recruiting you? Uh, Coach Spurrier actually didn't recruit me. It was Coach Sean Elliott, that coach at Georgia, uh, Georgia Southern now or whatever. Um, but, yeah, he, he reached out to me. Actually, they invited me to the Coastal Carolina game, and uh, coach was like, we want to offer you a scholarship. Um, just let us know when you commit. And, and I committed right there on the spot, right you in did. the locker room, right after the game. Okay. And what was that like when you hear that you have an offer and was it just euphoric? I mean, it was it was amazing. I always dreamed to play there, and like uh, I kept it I kept it from my mom for like two days. She was like <laughs> she was like what was in, what was you in there for so long? I was like we was just in there talking. She was like did wait they offer second, you a wait a second wait a second <laughs> you have this important news that you've been offered a Division one scholarship at a school that you love, University of South Carolina. And you don't even tell your mom? And I told her like three days later. She was like, what was y'all in there talking about? I was like, mom, it wasn't nothing serious. And I was like, <laughs> I came to her the one day after school. I was like, mom, they offered me a scholarship and I committed. So <laughs> that was what we was in there talking now, about. Did you tell anybody else? I, I told my dad. He wasn't going to say nothing. Oh, so they kept it quiet. Right? <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> so what was that like when you make that transition down to Columbia and now you're a member of the team down there? I mean, it was an amazing feeling. I came with a, I came in with a couple guys I already knew, like Casey Crosby and Shaq Davidson and Malik Young. We all played in the Shrine Bowl together and Donnell Stanley, so we already like had that chemistry then. So when I got there with these with those guys, we was just around each other and trying to get each other better while we was there. Was there a big difference in terms of the transition from high school playing to now playing Division One college? I mean. SEC football. Right? <laughs> yeah, it was a, it was it was a really big difference. We got there, we was like, boy, these guys big, yeah. fast. So actually, my freshman year there, I, I we all redshirted that year and just to get ready for the next year that was coming. Yeah, and how valuable was that for you to be able to redshirt? That was, that was pretty. It got me bigger, faster, stronger, and it, it gave me a mental mental state to go out there and I can go out there and compete with anybody. So what did that look like though? Your Richard year. I mean, were you in the weight room all the time? Were you able to practice? Uh, yeah, we all we, we we practiced with the team. Um, we just had more workouts than the guys that was playing. So we had this, we had redshirt workouts every Friday morning. Like we work out Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, and then we'd be out there with the team on Saturday watching the game. And who were some of the guys that impressed you? quickly when you got to South Carolina. Farrell uh, Cooper was one of the impressive guys. And uh, while I was there, I was looking up to him and learning stuff from him. We always stayed in touch. Yeah, did they embrace you as a as a freshman, like take you under their wings and help you out? Yeah, um, Farrell Cooper was the guy that I, that I was always with and I was the guy that I looked up to. We went and watched film together, studied the game together. It was just, it was just something that clicked in. How difficult was it trying to learn all the plays. I mean, it's a whole new offense and all of that. Was that a challenge? Uh, I would say it wasn't too much of a challenge. It was just learning, like, you're not only going to be playing one side of the field, so you got to know, instead of one position, you got to know all the positions. So that was probably the hardest part. And where were they? Were they having you on both sides, defense and offense? Oh, they, no. Uh, they like, just wanted you? Uh, strictly offense. Just offense. Yes, sir. You know, so when? what about the decision then that you're going to be the guy to – return kickoffs uh that happened actually after my red shirt freshman year my sophomore year um coach seen what i was capable of with the ball in my hands he was like we want you to see, we want to see how you would be as a returner and it took off since then how difficult is that though to return a kickoff because as a fan as i'm watching i mean you've got to concentrate one on the ball 
you know, to, to make sure that you catch it. That's obviously the first thing. But then to be able to have the vision to see the lanes that are opening up. And you got to be disciplined to make sure you're following those lanes, those those blockers. How, how difficult is that? So, when, like I said, when I was young, I really wasn't always a receiver. I really didn't start playing receiver until I was like in the 10th grade. So I was also, I was also a running back and a, and a quarterback. So I always had that vision to like, if you see a hole, hit it. So I would say kick return is probably way easier than a punt because you have more time. And you, once you get the ball, you're able to see what's going to happen. And when you see something happen, you just got to hit as fast as you can. Can you hear the crowd when you're sitting there waiting for the either the punt or the, the kickoff? Can, uh, especially <laughs> if it's really loud. Or are you able to to tune it out and just focus on the ball. I mean, you always gotta you always gotta ex the crowd out when you're out there on the field, so you can just focus on the game and focus on what you need to do. And what was the loudest time you remember? Uh, I would say NC State last year, the first the whole the game <laughs> opened and the kick return. So, yeah. so this year, every time they see I have a chance to get the ball, you just hear it like they just go crazy. Yeah. So can like, you hear the crowd like kind of? gearing up like, like once gets the louder ball. as you start breaking <laughs> yeah. it so once the, once the ball is in the air and they see I'm able to turn it just get real real loud and I'm just like oh I gotta go make this play I gotta make this play and so like as the ball as it comes and I get the ball it just it just get crazy and how difficult was it then having to deal with injuries that where you can't be out on the field you know playing for the school that you love um so my first what my first three years there I, I dealt with pulling hamstrings and hamstring injury here, hamstring injury there. So last year dealing with a, a broken bone, which I never had in my life, it was it was kind of frustrating. And it, it took a toll on me. Like I, I talked to my mom and my dad about it. I was like, dang, is this is this really what I want to do? Like I've been facing adversity since I've been here. And they kept me up. Uh, Coach Coach Muschamp and Coach uh, BMAC did a great job of lifting me up. It's like everything going to be all right. You're going to come back better, stronger. And I just listened to their word and you see what happened. Yeah. Did you have some times though where, you I shouldn't say depressed but you were sad you were you felt disconnected because you weren't with the team yeah I would say like Saturdays when I'm at home I, you, like if you got a broken leg you really can't walk can't move around like you want to but watching the guys on TV and not being able like you know you used to being there with the guys to motivate and cheer them on but if you're doing it from the doing it from the house it's, it's just something different yeah of course yeah I mean you can't contribute there's nothing that you can do when you're actually not out on the field. Then being able to, you know, have this decision where you come back for your senior year, where, you know, even if you missed most of that junior season because of the broken fibula that you were talking about, you could have easily made the decision to pursue your NFL dream. Why come back for your senior season? Uh, the guys that I came in with, the 2014 class, we always said we want to win a championship, and we promised we promised each other that we wasn't going to leave without one. So, I mean, we fell short of that this year. So I had an opportunity to play in the bowl game or, or not play in the bowl game, and I think I made the right decision. Yeah, so now and that's a completely separate decision. So you, you came back for your senior year, which, you know, obviously you made South Carolina immediately better when you made that decision. So now finishing out your career, you have, as you mentioned, made this decision to not play in the bowl game. And a lot of people will say that's controversial. No, that really hasn't happened, but seems to be a trend. So for you, why did you make that decision not to play in the bowl game? 
Um, I think I made the decision because like the past what the past three or four years I've been dealing with injury and this is my first career like my first year of being being injury free and I just took advantage of that and I I talked to my mom my dad about it and I actually talked to Muschamp about it before I made the decision and he also said I think you're making the right decision. Okay, and how difficult was that? I would say it's it's pretty difficult. I mean, just just not being with the guys that you you work hard with you you. Every morning in the summer, every day that you around the guys, and I mean, it's it ain't hit yet, but I'm, I'm pretty sure it's gonna hit. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, because what do those guys mean to you? I mean, that, it, those brothers. I mean, it mean a lot, especially in the receiver room. Like we we've been we've been through it all. We've been through the ups. We've been through the downs. I mean, people doubted us, and we showed them what we was capable of. But I mean, it's not just only there, like the quarterbacks, the running backs. Really, really, we all it was just a big brotherhood. Yeah, of course. And so you mentioned that it might not have hit you yet, and you have mentioned that you're going to actually be at the bowl game, but you're obviously just not going to play. So are you prepared to be there on the sidelines and not be in the game? Are you ready for that? Oh, I think so. I'm, like, I, like I said before, <laughs> I've, been, I've been through many injuries. I had to stay on the sideline and be able to cheer the guys on. But, um, yeah, I think I'll be ready, for, <laughs> ready to do that. <laughs> okay. Well, but you did play against Akron, which obviously there was a last – home game and and it was from a canceled game your last game in williams bryce stadium what were the emotions like during that game i mean i was thinking about that all week i was like man this is my last this is my last game in williams bryce is it's, it's crazy like if, if you go and you see the video like i was i was getting really emotional just seeing the fans and just knowing like you you'll never get this back again are you an emotional guy uh when it comes to football i really am because what does football mean to you it means a lot. I mean, I, I love the game. I'm passionate for the game. Football has taught me teamwork, time management, and it also gave me a gave me a chance to get my degree in school. So, I mean, football teaches you a lot. And through your, I guess, five years at the University of South Carolina, because you had that redshirt uh, season there, what type of impact has just the school itself, the University of South Carolina, how has it impacted your life and helped you grow up as a man? I mean, you know, you're still a kid once you get on campus, what, six, I mean, 17, 18 years old. So the more the more you walk around and you see how, how the older kids, like, carry themselves, I mean, he's like, I got to mature fast. I mean, South Carolina has taught me a lot. Um, I mean, I, I've grown a lot since I've been there. <laughs> Do you feel that you've matured? Yeah, I feel like I've matured a lot since I've been there. And, I mean, it's it's just crazy, man. Well, well I, and I know there is always this journey that – each person goes through, especially in those those years where you, you do have some freedom, and as you mentioned, kind of the time learning the time management. So, what were some of the challenges that you had during your time at South Carolina, other than dealing with the injuries, obviously? Uh, really, like I said, the time management part. You, you just you waking up. I never never in my life woke up at five o'clock in the morning for a workout until I got to school. So, how difficult that, was that? That was that was probably the <laughs> hardest part. Going from workouts to class, to study hall, like freshman and sophomores, like my freshman and sophomore year, we really didn't get home till about nine o'clock. So you up from five in the morning to nine o'clock at night. I mean, you just going all day. And uh, my freshman and sophomore year, we used to practice in the afternoon. So when you get out of practice, you're going straight to study hall. Then you get to study hall, you got to eat dinner. Then you go home and get in bed and just do it all over again. <laughs> so it's a vicious cycle. It's just yes, nonstop, right? Now, one of the things that uh, I think is fascinating too is that you growing up in a small town, looking up to certain players, as you had mentioned, 
But now where you are, you're that guy. You're the person that these young athletes are looking up to. And has that even registered in your head that you've got all of these young guys that want to be like Debo Samuel? Yeah, uh, it, 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 it really registered with me uh, these past two years. Uh, kids reach out to me on on all the social media sites and be like, "You're the guy I look up to," and and all kind of stuff like that. And I I just think that's amazing, just because of what you've been able to accomplish, and even through a shortened career because of the injuries. I mean, you've had such a huge impact uh, as far as what all you've done, you know, for the University of South Carolina. And so when you now are in this kind of transition, getting ready to officially graduate, but preparing for the NFL. So what is that going to look like in, in terms of the NFL preparation that you're getting ready to start? So actually, um, after I graduate, um, I, I promised coach and I promised the team that I was going to be at the game. So I'm going to be at the game um, cheering the guys on. But um, I think January 2nd hit, I'll be training from here until it's time to get drafted. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Now, do you have a specific place you're going to train? Uh, I'll be in Arizona. I'll be in Phoenix, Arizona, training the Exos. Okay. And how long is that going to last? Up until, Up until, the, until draft. the draft? Yes, sir. All right. And combine invites? Well, uh, I, I presume that you'll get one, <laughs> but you haven't officially Not received one as of yet. Well, and then how fast do you think you're going to what, – what's your target, 40? Oh, I'm going to hit a low 4-4 four, four easy. Oh, 4-4. Four, four. <laughs> okay. Now, what about your vertical? Because you're a basketball guy. Are, are you dunking these days? Oh, I mean, I was. I had my first dunk actually going to the ninth grade uh, in, a, oh, in an AAU tournament. <laughs> so you remember that game? Yes, sir. It was my first dunk ever. We was in Lexington. And so walk me through that, though. Because I've never uh, been able to dunk, so I'm jealous. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm taller than you. <laughs> so actually, uh, I was going to the ninth, I was going to the ninth grade. Yeah, we was in an AU tournament in, in Lexington. And uh, my teammate get a steal, and I see a guy running, and I was just really about to lay the ball up. And I think when somebody jumped with you, you just jump higher, and it just so happened to be a and one dunk. And I was like, wow, it was crazy. Everybody was like, like, everybody was like, did you really just dunk? Because <laughs> you'd never even dunked in practice or never. anything. Just the, just have, I always tried though, but it just never go in. <laughs> just the adrenaline got to you that game. Yes, right? sir. And then, so then after that, now I mean, I, are you doing three sixties? You doing do backwards? Little, do a little to... windmill, a little tomahawk. Nah, not <laughs> can't jump and do three sixties. That's right. Well, you need to focus on just making sure you're you know preparing for the NFL draft. Now, obviously, all the guys, and I imagine you're the same. We're gonna say, hey, I, I just want to go wherever. It doesn't matter. But deep down, is there any teams that? would be a great place for Debo Samuel for you? Uh, I actually haven't thought about that, actually. Um, like I said, growing up, I never had a football a favorite football team, and I still don't to this day. I just watch everybody play. But you've always had an NFL dream. You're going to be playing, you know, you'd mentioned on TV. Uh, and now, I mean, you're, you're this close to making that dream reality in terms of at least being drafted. But are you prepared now for the next step after that in terms of it's – 
it's going to be a whole nother level for the NFL <laughs> as well. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I would assume that I, I'm, I'm pretty well prepared um, playing with the guys, with playing in the SEC. That's really the best of the best. And you go to the you go to the NFL, and you really like everybody's good <laughs> that you playing. You're not going to have a, like like every every season you have like two games. You know, you have those two games that that prepare you. But um, in the NFL, I don't think that's that's the case. During your playing career, you mentioned playing in the SEC is the top talent out there who are the toughest guys you had to go against that you know on the the defensive side quarterback or a safety uh uh day in and day out um I would say from my freshman year until last year which uh Chris LeBons was probably the toughest guy and just game wise DeAndre Baker was the was a was a pretty good cornerback how, how frustrated are you that you couldn't bring home that championship for South Carolina. Uh, like I stated earlier, it really hasn't hit home yet, but um, I'm pretty sure within the next couple of days, I'll be thinking about like, man, God, we didn't do what we planned to do when we got here. Well, now you also had some goals for 2018 that you'd posted on social media and one of them graduate college. So I think we're, we're going to be able to put a check on that one. Yes, sir. Right? Uh, stay healthy. So you finally stayed healthy, right, for, yes, for the year. And so need to maintain that. But did you have, when you say stay healthy, uh, I imagine through every season, regardless if it was a major injury, but how often are you just beat up after a game? I mean, really every game, like every like like Coach uh, Brian McClendon say, there's after the first game you're going to have bumps and bruises all over the place. You just got to fight through it. But um, luckily I didn't have any major injuries this year and was able to fight through the bumps and bruises. Yeah. And then another one, come closer to God. Have you been able to? To do that, yeah, um, Marcus Lattimore played a, a really good part in that. With with coming close to God, really, um, going to chapel every time we have, and just having those talks with him about life and what God had planned for you. And when did faith become important to you? I mean, when I was in high school, we used to try to go to church every Sunday. Uh, but sometimes my mom and dad, they were like, oh, I'm a little tired from work, <laughs> so not every Sunday we went to church. But most of the time, we was really trying to get there. So was it t- through the help of with Marcus Lattimore that you really started having this more of connection uh, with your faith? Yes, sir. And then take care of my people. What does that mean? Take care of my my mom, my dad. Um, not too many people like like we said earlier. Not too many people get the opportunity to say that you're going to end the NFL draft and be able to do things that that you dreamed of when you was a kid. So they took care of me while 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 couldn't do it. But now I think if they need anything and I have it, I'll be able to help them with anything they need help with. Yeah. Now you're in that position, obviously. And another one is enter the NFL draft. So here we are, right? <laughs> this, yes, is, this is that moment. And then the last one that you had on here was be successful. So how do you define successful? Uh, just being happy and being okay with, with where you are in life and just knowing that you put everything, like day in and day out, you put everything you had in, that you had into that day and you just know you have, you know, have no regrets. Yeah. Well, so how do you stay grounded like that and having that type of mentality? Because... I mean, you weren't able to accomplish the the SEC championship that that you wanted, and so there's obviously some things that you weren't able to do. But how how do you maintain that mindset of being content? 
Um, really, my mom and my dad they they humbled me as since I was <laughs> since I was a young kid. Um, like my mom was like, "You did a pretty good job." I'd be like, "Ma, I did okay." She was like, "You can be you can be happy for yourself sometime." I was just like, "Ma, that's that's just how that's how I was." So raised, was that so. a was that a struggle for you at times as far as being able to, you know, be aware that hey, you did a really good job and be be happy with your success. Uh. I would I would say that was that was that was pretty hard for me. Um, like, like week in and week out, they say I have a pretty good game. Me knowing personally that I could have did, like, not say I could have did more, but I'm capable of more of what I did. So, do you feel that there you regret some games that you didn't feel that you played as well as you could have? Yeah, I would say the first the first what three to four games at the beginning of the season and looking at the last four games of the season I would say like there's a big difference in how I was playing the game yeah and can you pinpoint any particular reason why uh, I would say as the season go on um the game slow down for you and you start seeing things before they happen so you you know what to expect so when you get the ball you just be like okay I'm going to do this 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 and then the plays just happen well I, I can tell you <laughs> against my Clemson Tigers I saw plenty of times where oh I see Debo he's wide <laughs> open he's gone <laughs> so you torch the Clemson Tigers uh in that your final rivalry game what is that rivalry game like uh, it means a lot to me and also the team, um, especially guys from South Carolina. They really know what the rivalry really is to see who the best of the state is. But um, I would say it means a lot to me and also my teammates. Um, we just we just went out there and tried to do the best we could to get the win. I know. Well, again, you're having a lot of Clemson fans holding their breath every time your offense was <laughs> out on the field, I can promise you. So what motivates you, though, in terms of – or what motivates you more – people doubting you and you wanting to prove them wrong or is it you wanting to prove people right who believed in you uh, I wanted to prove the people right that believed in me um, coming from where I'm going coming where I come from um, really a small bummer South Carolina not too many guys that that come from there really make it out um, so I really wanted to be the example for the younger kids and also like show them anything is anything you you put your mind to is you can accomplish it um and really just want to be a motivation to the kids and show them that anything is possible well and speaking of motivation and you know I'm big on words of wisdom that can motivate people and that's either through phrases quotes or mottos or just even life advice so from your standpoint do you have any words of wisdom that has meant a lot to you uh, never stop doing. Never stop doing what you put your mind to. Anything is possible. That's very wise. How did you come up with that? <laughs> <laughs> I would say, uh, listen to my parents talk to me, uh, really day in and day out, and telling me certain things every day, and some things they just say just just stick to me. And so, what about a message for Gamecock Nation? Now that your career is over. What would you like to say to all the Gamecock fans out there? I would say um, thank you for the support and thanks for always being behind me through the injuries. You guys still stayed the same, and I was happy I was able to give you what you what you wanted. Well, Debo, I can't thank you enough for giving me the opportunity to share a little bit more about your journey and how things are shaping up for you. I greatly appreciate the time, and I'm looking forward to seeing you in the NFL. And one other question, though. When you score your first NFL touchdown, can I have you back on the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll be back. <laughs> right. Beautiful. Done deal. We got it. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Devo. 
Most times, the path of a dream that we're pursuing is filled with obstacles and all sorts of trials and tribulations, and oftentimes it seems that there are much more challenges than we feel that we could ever face, and Debo can truly attest to that. But it's the ability of facing those trials and tribulations and defeating all of that stands in front of you while your passion fuels your pursuit of following your dreams. And it's evident that Debo's passion was fueled by his love for the University of South Carolina and so much more than just one game. Now that finishes episode 92. And remember, focus forward so we don't live in the past. All the best, everyone. You've been listening to Rich Take on Sports, the sports podcast with life. Visit richtakeonsports.com to subscribe and catch up on any episodes you might have missed. You can also follow us on Twitter at Rich Take Sports. Thanks for listening. 